Hi friends, it's Allie here, and today is a very special day. Today is Tuesday, August 11th, 2020, and I am recording this extra special to commemorate today as the day that Kamala Harris was chosen as the running mate for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. I always think it's so important to register to vote. Today especially, it's so important to make sure that you are registered to vote at your current address. So that is what I want everyone to do this week. I want you all, even if you know you're registered to vote, check your registration. Make sure that you're registered at the correct address. And you know what? A lot of voting has been changed by COVID-19, okay? There are polling places that are being shut down. More states are expanding the vote by mail initiative. There are so many options for you to be able to vote. You can do it in person on the day. You can do it in person early. You can vote by mail. But I want you all to take a minute to make sure that you are registered to vote in the upcoming 2020 election. So many of the most important changes, local races, school board, sheriff, city council, the races that are really going to change things on a fundamental level in your local area happen on election day. So there are so many places. It's so easy to register to vote. You can go to whenweallvote.org. You can go to vote.gov. You can go to vote.org. Um, the League of Women Voters has vote411.org. It tells you what's on your ballot so that you can do your research beforehand. We'll include a couple of these links in the episode description. It's so important to exercise our most basic civic duty and vote. How's that? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel energized? Do you feel ready for election day? Okay. Hope this works. <laughs> Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. Now's the time in the podcast when I spend 20 minutes talking shit about the Philosopher's Stone. What the fuck is it? Original Hufflepuff Jesus Christ. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> he would have been a Hufflepuff. Oh, 100%. The audacity of a straight white cis male, you guys. I know. The audacity. How much would he have to love opera to be known for that? Like for it to be notable enough to include it with alchemy? Hi, my name's Draco Malfoy, and I'll be doing a piece that I, that is the original piece. Thank you. I feel like there has to be a couple moments in Quirrell's life where he's talking about something and then like from the back of his head, Voldemort's like, ugh, shut yes. up. Yes, I want to set the feminist movement back several steps by saying that I would let Daniel Radcliffe explain menstruation to me. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're 11, your life doesn't mean shit. That's what I was gonna say, he is 11 at this point. So it's like, I won a Quidditch game, woo-wee. <laughs> I got good do dodgeball game. <laughs> I caught that little ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry, Harry, Harry. You tragic little boy.
Welcome to another episode of Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Hi. Welcome. Hello. I am on. Second morning. I am on. I am turned on. I'm turned on, honey. And I'm turned on, honey. (laughs) Once again, I am done. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we'll hear from Allie today. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, We read chapter 14, which is entitled, I'm going to do this from memory. It is called... Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. Okay, got, thank God I got it. What if we were like, Very no, good. actually. It's, it's <laughs> we actually, actually were reading another chapter. We're in the second book now, Adam. You slept <laughs> a very long time. You slept for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What was it about? This chapter is Hagrid gets a dragon. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are not a fan. Lots of differences from the film. Lots Correct. of differences. Oh, yeah. Lot. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fun. I thought this chapter was really fun, actually. Even though it, it spans like a lot in a very short period of time. Like it's everything yeah, yeah. with Norbert in like five pages. Which I don't know yeah. when I was a kid felt like it was like, oh my God, he's just got this dragon for weeks. Yeah. Well, how long does he have it? How big does it get? Those are some of my questions. Big enough like, to shake the house. Yeah, and big enough that Fang's tail gets burnt and he's put outside, which I was real mad at Hagrid about. I know, what the hell? So before we dive into this chapter, I was really curious. uh, So, and, and I think, so we've talked about, I haven't really gotten too much into Pottermore and into the things that have been released after oh, the yeah. actual books. So when we're talking right. about the books, much of what I am talking about and what I'm questioning is not informed by Pottermore. So I just want to put that out there in case anybody's wondering, like if I ever ask a question and they're like, um, actually JK Rowling released an article on Pottermore that specifically addressed this. I don't care because she's a lunatic. And but, also, um, it's so retconned. It's not like yeah, half that stuff is so retconned. It's ridiculous. But I wanted to know how old Hagrid was at the time. Do you, do you want to guess or do you want me to just tell you? At the time no. of what? Of this book? This first book, yes. Mm, okay, so when he, when he is drunk and buys a Dragon Age, how old do you think he is? 50s? No, he's 60, like five. 63. 63. But the crazy thing about it in, in terms of the actual timeline, he was born in 1928. That's insane. I, I guess for him, it could be kind of like a midlife crisis because wizards live longer than humans. But yeah, like my dad was almost 60 when he decided to tell um, his now wife that he was English. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. How long did he keep that ruse up? I don't know. The only reason I knew it was really happening was because Melinda called me one time and said, I went over to dad's house and Tracy's there. So he was talking in his accent and I left. <laughs> she was like, I'm, I wasn't going to just act like everything was normal. So she literally just like was like, hey, dad, and then left. All right. So let's, let's, let's get this underway because I have to make dinner. Where we left off in the last chapter is that Harry, Ron, and Hermione think that all that stands in the way between Snape getting the stone is Quirrell telling him how to get past. By the way, I 
Adam, do you know what uh, Quirrell's first name is? Quim, quim, oh, I saw it when I was looking up pictures. Queerious or something like it's that? like queerness. Queerness. Queerness? It's, it's like queer, queer L. <laughs> Queery, queerison <laughs> over here. Gay <laughs> like McGay. Homo like McGay man. <laughs> it's like her naming Lupin Mooney Wolf, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are like, you know what? Let's defend Quirrell because we feel bad for him. And it's like, you're literally standing up for a man who has Voldemort on the back of his head. Just take that in. Yeah. So then Hermione, being Hermione, we love Hermione, is like, you guys, we need to study for our final exams. And Harry and Ron are like, mm, pass. But she convinces them that they need to be at the library all of the time. So one day they're at the library, and who should they see in the library but Hagrid? And Ron is very surprised, and he's like, what are you doing, Hagrid? I think mostly because he probably didn't know Hagrid could read. Does that mean? <laughs> Did I take it too far? Was it a I picture mean, we, book? <laughs> we have dragged Hagrid already, so I don't think that's surprising. He has a... As much as we love him. Yes. The rest of the series, he has a redemption arc. But I think in this book in particular, he's just like, dude, get it together. Anyways, so Hagrid's like, oh, I'm just looking around. You guys aren't looking up Nicholas Flamel, are you? And they're like, no, we already found out who he was. And then they start asking him questions very loudly in the library. These children have no fucking chill. They have no chill. No. That this would chapter, be- they're all, they all do something stupid. That I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You really didn't like think about that? I, won't, I don't want to give it away. If I talk too much about it, I'll give it away, but I'll get to it when we get to those pages. But I'm just like, guys, what, what is happening? Also, an- this is another chapter where a therapist at the school would have been really useful because Hermione is definitely having ang- anxiety about exams. Yes. And someone think- needs to talk to her. <laughs> I have a few questions. Do you think sure. Hermione was like this before Hogwarts? Do you Hundo think P. Do you think that there is a level to which it is exacerbated because the Hogwarts system says that if you fail out and you get expelled, we wipe your memories because you're a muggle that can't know about the wizarding world? Does that actually happen? I don't know. Why would it not? Oh, to me, it's the fact that she feels yeah, like she's behind because that. she's a muggle. So she feels mm-hmm. like she yes. has to work twice as hard. That would be my interpretation. But I think that a person with this zeal has always been like this. I was just going to say, I wish we got more of Hermione's parents. I mm-hmm. really wish, because it just has to be like that. Her mom has to be like super intense or her dad has to be like really anal. I don't know. Also, she has to have like anxiety. She needs medication for her anxiety. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily think that she needs, I think that she could do well with cognitive therapy. I think that she could learn some some practices. She just needs uh, some breathing exercises <laughs> to start. Just, at, this, at this point, Adam, she's an 11-year-old child. I don't want to put her on medication. Sure, I get that. She's also <laughs> not getting any help in the wizarding world because as we've discussed, they refuse to take care of the mental functions of people. So. We're just saying she needs professional help. This yeah. girl, she needs to go see an actual her, therapist. Her, her dentist parents have to be friends with a therapist. Absolutely. Back to these children. These children have no fucking chill. I just need to reiterate that fact. This this whole conversation is literally like when you 
go to like the pharmacy. Have you ever had this happen and you go to the pharmacy and the pharmacist like yells what prescription you're picking up and you're like, thank you for announcing to everyone in line that I'm picking up my antidepressants. (laughs) They cannot take social cues. So Hagrid's like, you guys need to relax. If you're not going to shut up about this, come to my hut. We'll, We'll talk it out, but keep your mouths shut, you idiots. So then they're like, I wonder what Hagrid was getting books about. So Ron goes to look and he's like, it's dragons. And I do love that he says, um, dragon breeding was outlawed by the Warlocks Convention of 1709. I looked this up. Everyone knows that. What do you think happens at a Warlocks Convention? Why would Ron know this? Because of Charlie. Oh, fine. fine. Or Ron was like, Ron was like, could we own dragons as pets before? And then his dad's like, "Mm, we could. But then this happened. And Ron's like, when did that happen? Mm -hmm. I can just see Ron being like, I want to get a little baby dragon pet. Mm, Dad. Probably probably Molly Moore was like, fuck Mm -hmm. no. (laughs) We've got these goddamn gnomes in our fucking garden. (laughs) And you have a rat with a missing toe that's actually a man. So you can chill, Ron. Okay. (laughs) And the, oh my God, what they have in their attic? A ghoul. A ghoul in the attic. They're good. (laughs) But what do you think? Do you think it's like like the Democratic National Convention where they all get together and they like like make an announcement and there's speeches and do you think it's like that? It's like LeakyCon or like RuPaul's DragCon. (laughs) I think it's like, I mean, especially since it's 1709, I think it's like the entirety of the musical 1776, where they're all just like a bunch of people singing over each other, their points of view. It's the constitutional <laughs> convention. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I picture- was for the constitutional convention. Mm-hmm. John, kinda... open up a window. That's from 1776? Yeah, it's from 1776. Oh, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. But I know the image that you're talking about of them all sitting- RJ was in it in high school. He played John Hancock. All right. Well, when I hear Warlock's convention, I know it's not the right time period, but the wizarding world does seem to be like a couple centuries back. I just picture like a Renaissance fair. Like they're all drinking mead and there's definitely music in the background, I think is what we're all agreeing on. Great. Okay. Well, moving on. This was not the conversation I thought it was going to be. RuPaul's drag con. No one else <laughs> is picturing that and like their wizard robes, like voguing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Where's that? There's that video of Hermione. Hermione. The girl yeah. dressed up as Hermione. Yes, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> but in long, like like a bunch of Dumbledore looking people, like doing that. Uh, amazing. The one thing that I did think was kind of strange is that the wizarding world keeps tag tabs on muggles who see dragons and they erase their memories. Mm-hmm. Why would seeing a, a dragon automatically alert a muggle to the wizarding world? I just don't think, I don't think Good because question. for years we've been like Loch Ness monster, yep. abominable snowman, Bigfoot. It just seems like just because you see a dragon doesn't mean you're automatically like, there is a secret system of witches and wizards throughout the countryside and they educate their children. Like, I just, that seems like a huge leap to me. 
It seems like witches and wizards are just, because they've lived underground for so many years, they're very paranoid and they know nothing but to take giant leaps. Well, and, and also, that's why I think that another reason they need to like inherit or do therapy is because they have this inherited generational trauma of being hunted for being witches and wizards that they do not address. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Is it Hagrid in the first book that addresses like Harry's like, why don't you know why do we have to hide ourselves and then he's mm-hmm. like oh they well they would just ask witches and wizards to like fix all their problems and you know there's a yeah. magic spell for everything and blah blah and i'm like yeah that makes sense but also it's like the real threat is that they would like hunt down witches and wizards yeah. i mean it would be really difficult for them too because they're not muggles don't have magic but it's just like no that's i mean it's like i think of um what do you call uh x-men like how they hunt down the mutants mm-hmm. and do shit like nice. that it's like well that's the real but it's a children's book so of course Hagrid's gonna be like they want tonics for everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah you're right that's okay, all that makes sense yeah although we will talk i mean in book three she does address that a little bit at the very beginning when he's reading about witches and wizards burning at the stake so. and how some oh. weren't actually burning because they were being tickled <laughs> yeah but, but they given, like yelled and stuff given the dearth of psychiatric help in the wizarding world does it surprise you that they've just not addressed this trauma at all no. <laughs> yeah not at all so they go to Hagrid's house and he's like get in here now not a good sign when an old man is doing that to three children. Yeah, and- once again, <laughs> no friends, guys. His friends are all three are three eleven year old kids. That's it. That's and it. Bang his dog. <laughs> bang. So they're like Hagrid. Just tell us about the sorcerer. The sorcerer's stone. I look. I said the sorcerer's stone instead of the philosopher's stone. <gasps> you guys caught me in you. a trap. And so. Hagrid Hagrid is resistant at first and then Hermione does a little bit, you know. Oh my gosh. In flattery. The, on the she, audiobook, it's so annoying. Really? So she she wants she's like, "Oh, well Hagrid, I'm sure you know." And Hagrid's like, "Well, in that case, here's everything that I know about it." And I did think it was interesting, although I did look it up. So I thought it was interesting at first because he lists off the professors that have protected the the stone. And I thought it was interesting because they're all professors that that Dumbledore would know and trust. But But then I was like, but why would he ask Quirrell? Why would he trust him enough when Quirrell's only been a professor for this one year, you know? Mm-hmm. Because the the position is cursed, and so apparently, because when I, I when I was looking up Hagrid's age, I also looked up Quirrell. Before he was the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, he was the Muggle Studies professor. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, yeah there's a fun fact for you. So to me, but again, it's like I guess that explains why Dumbledore trusts him enough to help protect the stone but whatever so i just feel like i think it's silly that he doesn't ask just like every fucking professor to do something because if you want this stone really guarded have more like more is more 40 tests <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of also just being like, like only the ones that the first years interact with how about that <laughs> she hadn't she hadn't come up with professor trelawney yet what yeah. would her what would her obstacle be also i really think it's funny that like no shade to Hagrid, but like that he was like but shade to Hagrid. But shade to Hagrid. Why didn't he ask Grubbly Plank 
for a for a creature to guard the fucking door. She wasn't she wasn't the professor. It was somebody named Professor Kettleburn. Oh. Grubbly Plank was a substitute. Oh. Yeah, because he only got the position because that professor uh retired to spend time with his remaining limbs. <laughs> Literally what Dumbledore says. Mm-hmm. So then they realize wait a second, there is an egg in the fire and it does not look like your layman's chicken egg. And Ron's like, wait a minute, that's a dragon's egg. And Haggard reveals that he won it in a game of cards. Here's what I don't understand. Who is who is supporting Quirrell and Voldemort? How did they get this dragon's egg? Where where would they have gotten a dragon's egg? Quirrell just whenever he wants something, he just like takes off his turban and people like shit themselves and just <laughs> give him whatever he wants. They shit out a dragon's egg. It they literally right shit out, of their out a dragon's they egg. Dragon egg out. Well, that's a, that's a good question though, because it's like you just happen to find someone that, like what? Especially because it's not a dragon that's native to the UK. Yeah. So again, how the fuck did he get this? I also feel like he could have. Why didn't they could have just given Hagrid a fake egg? I feel like he probably wouldn't have known the difference. He would have like kept it under heat for years. Yeah. Just hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, he's drunk. You could have drunk. Yeah. yeah. Also, egg and been like, yeah, this is it. Yep. Also, go. once again, he's drunk. <laughs> Come on, Rubius. I do really love Ron says something and he says, he says, wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life. I made a note about that too. Because I laughed out loud and was like, you have no idea. <laughs> Things are just getting started, Ron. <laughs> I love you, Ron. Yeah. You're a peach. And so they go and they see the the egg get hatched and who is spying through the window? A Draco Malfoy. And what what alerts him to the the fact that Hagrid might have something illicit in his his hut? They were yelling about it during a passing period. Quiet Once again. your voices. That you know what? <laughs> That's why J.K. Rowling had to introduce the Mufliato spell because they couldn't shut the fuck up and whisper <laughs> like normal humans. You guys are being so Stupid. careless. Like, so come on. I do. I did feel bad at the one point when Harry goes, Charlie. And Ron goes, you're losing your mind. It's Ron, remember? I'm Ron. So bad, buddy. He's fine. He, I mean, he's fine. He, he ends up okay, but I still, my heart goes out to him. Well, he's probably um, used to that. His mom calls him like every other brother's name all the time. I know. He's, sure. she, she says all of their names until she hits the right one. She's just yep. like, Bill, Charlie, Percy, Fred, George, ah, Ron. Yeah, exactly. So Harry comes up with this plan. Why don't we contact Charlie and have him take this dragon off our hands? Because Hagrid cannot keep this dragon in his hut. So they send off a letter to him. And I really like that Charlie's friends are like, yeah, we'll break international wizarding laws. Like, we're just coming to visit you for a little a little vacay in Romania. But yeah. sure. Also, they we don't even know. They might not even be like... They might not also work with dragons. They might just be like, oh, I work down at, you know, the local uh, pub, the local wizard's pub, and mm-hmm. I guess I'll just take a dragon with me. Like, what? And he, and it's what? funny to me because in the letter, Charlie basically just volunteers them 
And I just love them being like, Charlie, fucking again? I'm not, I'm not transporting another dragon. We've done this five times already. Based on that letter from Charlie, don't you kind of get the idea that he and his friends would be the type of people to go to Burning Man? Oh, yeah. I can just Bill. Bill and Charlie both. I know this is like a very subtle difference, but I see Bill as more of a Coachella type and Charlie is more of a Burning Man because I can see Charlie just wanting to like trip balls for a week. Charlie also literally got burned, man. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Adam's subtle jaw drop. So Ron's down in the hut. He's taking care of the dragon and Norbert bites him. And he's like, it's fine. And then the next day they're like, it's absolutely not fine. You need to go to Madame Pomfrey. I think it's a little bit disrespectful that they would think that Madame Pomfrey would not recognize a dragon bite. Of course she's going to know. But she, the HIPAA, like she can't, she's not going to, she can't tell anybody. She's not going to tell anybody, but like you have to consider this is a school where, where children are learning magic. I mean, yeah, he probably shouldn't be in contact with a dragon, but I think she's seen probably a lot crazier. Yeah. I also hate that he says a dog bit him because what dog other than Fang is there that yeah. would bite him? Fluffy? Do Could not slander him. Fang. He should have said just, Fluffy. There's <laughs> stray dogs. Snape already got bit by the dog why why would he not just say fluffy then well they're not supposed to know i guess i guess but i was just gonna say like i don't know although they're screaming about it so you know whatever half the school knows that they know still still would be better than saying like admitting that it was a dragon but i think you're right even if he did say some shit like that she's still gonna know it's a dragon bite This this is why a book series from like the perspective of a student who is not in the storyline really at all is just like and then Harry walked by me screaming about a three-headed dog. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally. So Ron's in the hospital wing and he realized, and Malfoy comes to bully him, which like classic Malfoy. And he takes a book from Ron. Ron realizes, oh no, I left the letter from Charlie in the book. Malfoy's okay. going to know. So dumb. You're not taking better care of that letter. Burn it. Like read it and then be like, okay, we're done. Or leave it in your dormitory. This was where I started. I mean, it already started to happen, but this was at the part in the chapter where I was like, okay, really guys, come on. Like you mm-hmm. have to be more careful. I would also like to say that the Golden Trio are not the only children affected by stupid decisions. Malfoy waiting to tell anyone is really stupid. If I was Malfoy, I'd be like, <laughs> on my way up to the school. Hagrid's gonna be fired. I think- I think and that's what happens in the at, movie. Yeah. I think at this point, he's probably more concerned with getting Harry, Ron, and Hermione in trouble than he is. Oh, 100%. But he don't give a shit about anyone but himself. He's, he's playing the long game here. But here's the real long game. Get Haggard fired. They've lost a friend. Now, now that's mental warfare. Okay? Okay. I'm, un- I'm a Draco apologist. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm a, if I'm an apologist of anyone, I'm a Draco apologist. I am not a Snape apologist. You, you've said that before. Thank, on the and podcast. I will say, <laughs> and this will not be the last time I will okay. say this. You're a Draco apologist. I'm a Mrs. Norris apologist. Allie, are you an apologist for anyone in particular? Dumbledore. Yeah. Oh, but you don't need to be. I oh, do. Well, 
I know not he, everyone feels that way. He makes about- a lot of really stupid decisions. So this is what I don't understand. Every single time that I read this, I'm just like, I d- none of this makes sense. Why was it Harry and Hermione's responsibility to take the dragon up to the astronomy tower? Why could Hagrid not have done that? Yeah. Hagrid was a 63-year-old man. Do you think that they haven't seen Hagrid walking around after hours with a suspicious crate in the castle before? Probably just like, that's just Hagrid doing what Hagrid does. Leave him alone. Exactly. I feel like that would look way more normal. And he doesn't know. Does he know they have the invisibility cloak at this point? Did they tell him? He, he would have had to because they show up, they leave to go to it. Like Ron uses it, I think, to go to the hut, doesn't he? He does. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he knows, but it's just. Yeah, it's, these, these three can't keep their fucking mouth shut. So, you know, he knows. <laughs> yeah, also true. We got this invisibility cloak. <laughs> We're going to use it to hide ourselves in a dragon. Let's go. It was way more difficult for them to carry it, Harry and Hermione, versus Hagrid just carrying it by himself. I do wonder if part of it is like they knew they had to do it because he would just ch- he would not do it halfway up. He'd be like, yeah. oh, but I can't do it to me, do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In that case, then, here's, here's the plan that would have made sense. If I'm rewriting the books, this is how I write, which it's not like it doesn't because it takes the drama out of it. Hagrid takes the crate. And Harry and Hermione follow along under the invisibility cloak to make sure he goes through with it. Because then they never have to take the cloak off. Nobody needs to know that they're there. Hagrid does the thing by himself. Easy peasy end of story. So my theory is that Hagrid would go out and get drunk and then like drunkenly stumble into the castle and be like, hey guys, I'm drunk, blah, 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 I'm Hagrid. And so then they were like, you can't come into the castle after like 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you have to live on the grounds. What if he, you have to live outside the castle away from children, Hagrid. What because... if he used to live in the castle and then they kicked him out because he kept showing up drunk at like two in the morning? Well, isn't that what like Draco says at, at Madame Malkin's is that there's like that big brute who like is always drunk on the grounds. And start his bed on fire. And starts his house, yeah, his bed on fire. Yeah, what I still want to get more information on that little story. What is that about? I also love Hermione, ever the voice of reason, when when Hagrid's like, I'm just going to keep him in here. And she's like, your house is made of wood. Wood. You live in a wooden house. (laughs) How are you going to do this? And you have a dog. Once again, poor Fang. Can I point out the huge breach of security in just like people riding brooms landing on the school and I guess they could have just waltzed right in. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because in the third book, it's such a thing that like Sirius got in or whatever, but like, what? It's shocking. It's great. It's not just shocking. It's truly bananas. That there's a spell for like muggles to not see the building, but other than that, it's like, pop in at your own pleasure. Who cares? Oh, and you can't can't apparate or disapparate. That seems just more like, Joe's benefit of being like, I have a train that takes you there <laughs> <laughs> than really anything else. Yeah. 
all of it is just deeply problematic. So they get rid of the dragon. Charlie's friends come. They take the dragon. They violate international wizarding law. Really with delight, I think. They have, <laughs> they have no qualms about it. Well, before they're, before they're even taking the crate upstairs, they discover that Malfoy has been discovered by Professor McGonagall and he gets detention. And they're like, hells yeah, Malfoy got in trouble trying to get us in trouble. They give away the dragon. The pass off is completed. The handoff is completed. The eagle is in the nest. And then they're like, all right, well, let's go back to the common room. And Filch catches them. Why? Because they left a literal priceless invisibility cloak on the floor of the tower. I literally checked out. I I was like, there's no, I'm sorry, there's no way. If it was, if it was like, if it was Harry and Ron, I buy that they're stupid enough to like forget. Harry and Hermione. Yeah, exactly. Who is studying for finals 10 weeks before finals. No. But also Harry, who is orphaned, and this is like his only... um, Connection to his parents? Yes, his only connection to his dad specifically. It was his dad's cloak. Like, you don't forget that shit. Like, maybe when when you got like halfway down the stairs, you'd be like, oh shit, but not all the way. Come on. I I was just like, I really, I know she, she did that. So they would get to go into the forbidden forest, blah, blah, blah. But I just was like, I can, I was really struggling to buy into that, especially after all the dumb stuff they did leading up to that. I was just like, no, no. It's just, it's just the means to an end of, so that they can get detention. That's all. Yep. Yep. But it's just, it just, it's, very out of character. I feel like this this particular moment for Hermione especially is just so out of character to to not only forget it but to be that um, reckless. Because you would think that Hermione would be like, "We can't go until we're invisible again. Let's get the cloak back on." Yeah, just both of them. It's it's very out of character for both of them. Harry, not Harry, like all the time, but specifically because of what this is to Harry, and yes, just yeah. because of who Hermione is as a person. Yeah, I was like, I'm not, no, I'm not buying this. That being said, I do remember as a child reading this and being like, oh, man, oh, nuts. Oh, gosh. Shoot. Shoot. Oh, gosh. Darn it. They're in it this time. (laughs) Do you think Hagrid tipped off Filch and was like, they're fucking in there, bro. Go fucking give them attention. (laughs) I want to hang out with them some more. We want to go to the Forbidden Forest together. No, I think that I think that Filch probably heard Malfoy and was like, I bet he's telling the truth. Because remember, Malfoy tipped him off in chapter nine about the duel. The duel. The duel leap. When they're in the trophy room. Mm-hmm. So so he's been he's been a filched informant before. Mm. He's a snitch. And you know what snitches get. 150 points and they end the Quidditch match. <laughs> yes. Oh. Even better the so, second time. It's so, it's so <laughs> difficult one, to explain. It's so hard to understand that Quidditch. I can't, I can't explain it to you. It's just too complex. So too, too complex. Listeners, that was an improv. I did not have that written down. You need to join Second City, honey. Forget podcasting. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> who who in the in the wizarding world other than Fred and George because they're the obvious answer who do you think would be most likely to like do improv to I start like, like a Ron. wizarding improv you think Ron yeah 
Justin Finch Fletchley because he has a great name for it. Tonight's headliner, okay. Justin Finch Fletchley. I mean, we have talked about Malfoy's zingers, so I guess Malfoy. I think it would be Seamus Finnegan. I did think about Seamus. I did think about Seamus and Dean, either of them. Lee Jordan, duh. Oh, also Lee the Weasley's Jordan. friend. Yeah. 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 And then, and then. Otherwise, I think probably Terry Boot. <laughs> what if I was like Fleur Delacour? <laughs> so Comedy many. queen. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know how funny she is in French. She might be like, it might just be like, I'm not funny in English because I am translating everything I'm saying. But in French, That's she's true. like, bitches. Mad motherfucker. <laughs> Well, well I don't great. really have anything else to say. I'm I was going to say, really, I think that's it. I'm really mad at these children. They are foolish with a capital F. Hagrid, what are you doing, my man? I just, get it together. Really take some time for yourself. Find some explore. adult, get some adult friends, one. Take better care of your dog, two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to go to the Forbidden Forest. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could have just released Norbert into the Forbidden Forest and it would have been fine. Nobody's going to fuck with a dragon. Y- yeah, but I think, I think they don't, they, he says like he doesn't want to set him free because he's a baby. Yeah, he's like, get, he won't, so? he won't make it on his own. He's a dragon. He's a Hagrid, dragon. Hagrid was the one that was saying that. You think that Hagrid would really let the dragon go into the forest? Hagrid is also the one treating him like an actual infant human baby. Well, it's only right. I'm not trusting Hagrid's opinion on this necessarily. I need an objective observer. Do you think Ca- Dumbledore- Colin Charlie Weasley. <laughs> do you think Dumbledore, like, you know he had to find out about the dragon because nothing nothing gets past him. No. Do you think he was just like, lit- again? Come- Hagrid, come on. What I bet doing, he buddy? chuckled softly to himself with his fingers held together. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do. Hey, I you do might be really, right. <laughs> I do really believe this is Hagrid's first time encountering a dragon in his life. I bet he bought so many imported lizard and crocodile, sure, alligator, oh. so many, and then it hatched and was like an alligator, and then he was like, oh, "Fuck, damn it, <laughs> this isn't a dragon." Hands down, Hagrid would be the person to get like matching pajamas for him and his pet dragon, but not Fang. He would leave Fang out. Like, don't even have a dog at this point, Hagrid. Rude. I don't know. I think it was pretty smart to be like, I'm going to put Fang outside so he doesn't get killed by this dragon. But it was after his tail got burnt. So he, like, didn't comfort Fang at all. I understand what you're saying, that he shouldn't be in with the dragon. And I guess he can't. This is the problem, though. Don't have a dragon because you <laughs> can't let the dragon outside. So then you have to put your dog outside. It's just, I just, poor Fang. He needs to be a better dog owner. Somebody, somebody get Sarah McLaughlin in there. <laughs> the arms of the angel. Does anyone have any final thoughts? Hagrid, be a better dog owner. Jesus Christ. Anything we're and looking for. And get some adult friends. <laughs> get some adult friends. That's I, the main one. You know what though? I'm here's the thing. People are prejudiced against giants, so I'm I'm really not gonna put the onus on Hagrid that the wizarding community is like, oh great, a half giant. Woo! 
Oh, don't get me wrong. I still love Hagrid. Hagrid is still one of my favorite characters in these books. But when you go back and read as an adult, there are a lot of things that you're like, this is an adult man? Uh, what are we excited for next chapter? We have three chapters left before the book is done. Ooh. Yeah. Getting close. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to go into the Forbidden Forest. We haven't been there yet. I am so excited for those weird-ass centaurs. Oh. If Marianne Williamson were in the wizarding world, she would be a centaur. Well, and also, centaurs are fully the white people that are just like, well, let's just do things peacefully, or I don't really want to get involved. Like, that's the centaur community. It's just like, we'll just let things happen. They just- They're Switzerland. They are, yeah. Oh, fully. That's what the, yeah. Well, how exciting for all of us that we've finished yet another- episode of this show devastating a (laughs) devastating episode (laughs) you can please do for us thank you (laughs) favorite part when you try and get through this still haven't written it down i think it's funny (laughs) no don't ever it's better if you don't okay um sing it sing it please Follow us on Twitter. Hmm. Our handles at HP Anxious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, Instagram, HP Anxious. Please rate, review, subscribe on um, Apple Podcasts. Um, Five stars on- only, or I'll put you in a crate with Norbert. We saw we saw oh. what happened to his teddy bear. Okay. Five stars. Lo- love this podcast. Listening to these two makes me feel like I'm having a butterbeer with friends in the wizarding world. Aww. Well, get ready because that butterbeer... Be- butterbeer. <laughs> the butterbeer. Well, well, get ready, girl, because that butterbeer is about to turn into butterbeer frozen oh, okay. once we get a third co-host. I really hope, I hope people um, keep making reviews when it was just you guys and every time I'll just be like, wow. Thanks, guys. Wow. <laughs> Thanks so much. Really glad you guys appreciate me. Like I was saying, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, five stars only, or Allie will put you in the crate with Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. Um, thank you for listening to yet another episode. Allie and Ari, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And as always... Not a bit network. Find us on Instagram at Not a bit network for our other shows.